JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and iTunes. Subscribe if you can. Wednesday, February 8th, 2017. We are having a snowstorm come. They canceled school in New York. They canceled school in New Jersey. They canceled school everywhere. Bedlam. The supermarkets have to be out of everything. Starting soon, probably in the morning. 8 to 10, I heard. Maybe a, maybe a foot. I don't know. And there's a snowstorm on the local sports team tonight. Both the Knicks and Nets have lost. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's a story I keep repeating every night on JD Talking Sports. Drop the G. I feel like it. I feel like every night. I know Ryan has to be crying in his uh, drink right now after watching the game tonight. They're up by 15 tonight, the Knicks. But that's not the big story tonight. No. Not even close. Not even close. Charles Oakley got into an altercation. They weren't sure if it was a James Dolan. But he definitely pushed his hand in a cop's face. He had to be, I don't know, five, six guys, try to grab them, took him off the court. They had him down on the ground. They handcuffed him. He was charged with three counts of assault. Three counts of assault. Crazy, right? I watched the video of it. And this was a... put out by the PR department of the Knicks. Charles Oakley came to the game tonight and behaved in a highly inappropriate and completely abusive manner. He has been ejected and is currently being arrested by the New York City Police Department. He was a great Nick and we hope he gets some help soon. Really? I thought that was kind of uh, harsh. Now, he's he's not been happy with the Knicks' ownership for some time, as, as you can see. And I thought it was very interesting. I was watching today. Tracy McGrady was talking. He said, Phil Jackson, hey, you know, got to give him props as a coach, but as an executive, sucks. That's what he said, sucks. He kept saying sucks. And you know what? He does. He has sucked. Not been a good year. I mean, hadn't spoken to the media, local media, since September. Then he puts puts this thing up. Last time he was on Twitter, he, you know, he ended his relationship with Jeannie Buss. I, I know we're all crushed about that. Knicks are now two and six, their last eight. Clippers were two and seven the last nine, but the Clippers have now beaten the Knicks nine times in a row. Knicks fell to ten games under five hundred. They're twenty-two and thirty-two. Clippers improved to thirty-two and twenty-one. And you know, Monday in the loss to the Lakers, they were out rebounded fifty-five to forty, including twenty to six on the offensive glass by the Lakers. How did they do tonight? I did not check the rebounding tonight for the Knicks. But I'm thinking that they were out-rebounded. Points in, points in paint, they were 56-44 for the Clippers. Fast break, listen, 30-6 to six fast break points, the Clippers. Rebounds, Knicks were out-rebounded out 47-41. Offensively, 14-12. That was a little closer. But they had a 15-point lead, outscored in the fourth quarter tonight, 31-20 and 10-4 to end the game. DeAndre Jordan had 28-15, two blocks. He had a great block on D. Rose at the end of the game. DeAndre Jordan, 28 points, 15 rebounds. Blake Griffin, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Carmelo had 28 points, 9 rebounds. Porzingis had 27, 
six rebounds, two assists. Kyle Quinn at 18. Rose had 20.7 rebounds, eight assists. And Hernan Gomez off the bench, five points, nine rebounds, four assists. And Austin Rivers, who they, they actually, Hornacek wanted D. Rose and Rivers to play together at one point, but then they went with Courtney Lee. Seven points, four rebounds, 10 assists, five turnovers. 10 games under 500, man. And there's a report going around that Phil Jackson's handling of the Carmelo situation has turned off potential free agents from signing with the Knicks. Really? You think so? I mean, what, what do you think, right? And the whole thing with when Tracy McGrady said that Phil Jackson sucks as an executive, it made me think of there's one coach who plays mind games with the players, but it helps that his best player buys into his system, and that's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and that's it. And Carmelo has told uh, his teammates privately that he refuses to let Phil run him out of town. That's Adrian Wojnarowski. That's who I'm giving credit for that fact. But how about that? Yeah. He's not leaving town. Are you crazy? It's a mess. And then the whole thing with Charles Oakley tonight. I mean, come on, man. It is ugly in New York. Up 15 tonight and they lose 10 games under 500. It's a rough year. <laughs> and, then, and then Oakley, it, it was sad to watch. I mean, he, he looked really pissed off. I mean, he, yeah. Oof. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the Knicks go from here. You know, to be honest with you, I just, I. Now they host the Nuggets Friday night. Then they host the Spurs on Sunday. Then they go to the Thunder on the 15th. Wow. Then they have the, then they play at the Cavaliers. They got some tough games coming up, man. Spurs, Thunder, and Cavs, three of the next four. Wow. Ten games under. That's crazy, right? And then the Nets. The Nets have not won at home yet. Yeah. No wins at home, and the streak continues 11 in a row. They lost to the Hornets last night. And tonight, they lost to the Hornets by four. And tonight, they lost to the Wizards in overtime. Not good. You know, just... You know what? They were down, and they they they, they sent it to overtime, which I was... You know, hey, I watched, uh, I watched the overtime. I was looking to see scoring today. Lopez had 20. Bogdanovich had 21, but was 6 for 18 from the floor. Hollis Jefferson had 13, 11 rebounds, 2 assists. Booker again off the bench, double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. He's been consistent all season long. Whitehead had seven points, two rebounds, two assists off the bench, 21 minutes. Karis Laverde missed the last two games with a sore knee, 26 minutes, nine points, five rebounds. Always checking how Whitehead, two turnovers tonight. It was interesting. I saw Jeremy Lin in the background, and I was like, you know, he looked like a lost soul out there. It really did. Really did. Crazy. Also, the Nets signed a software deal with Infor. And Kenny Atkinson is psyched about this. 
because he feels that they have cutting-edge data science that can be applied to team performance and fan marketing. And Atkinson is a fan of analytics. Now, N4 has worked with Ferrari and Formula One auto racing and a championship rugby team in New Zealand. And, you know, there's some things we can look up. The Nets' 40, first 47 games were last in the NBA in points allowed with 115.2, but are seventh the past five games, 103.8. And they gave up 114 tonight. They improved an opponent, opponent's field goal percentage from 25th, 466, to fourth in the past five, 419. And from 24th in opponent's, opponent's three-point percentage, 369. Now they're 7, 314. Tonight, the Wizards... Shot 41% from the field and 36% from three. Kind of fall, you know, they fall in the same kind of playing a little ball. You know, field goal percentage, it was much higher. I guess you got to take every game with what, what you can take what you can out of it. You know what? I mean, the Nets are now 9 and 44. <laughs> 9 and 44. Wizard improved to 31 and 21. Bradley Beal had 31. Wall had 23 and 12 assists. Wall missed a couple of free throws at the end. 11 straight losses for the Nets. They still have not won in... It is now February 8th, and they still have not won at home in 2017. It's been rough, man. It's been rough. And then we have the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Today named... Then the Jets named Jeremy Bates as the new quarterback coach. He was the Seahawks offensive coordinator in 2010. Has been out of football for the last four years. He, he has worked at USC. He was the quarterback coach... While John Morden was the offensive coordinator at USC. And it made me think like, wow, this is what the Jets have to pick from. They get a coach who hasn't been in the NFL for four years. And one of the guys they talked about a quarterback to bring was Matt Barkley, who actually played on the 2019. And John Morden was his offensive coordinator. And Jeremy Bates was his quarterback coach. They went 9-4 and four that year, 5-4 and four in the Pac-12. And they won the Emerald Bowl. In San Francisco, 24-13 over BC. Now, Barkley, I thought, played pretty well in a couple games he played for the Bears last year. And right now, what do you have? You have you have an unproven Bates. They're talking about Deshaun Watson. They're talking about Deshaun Kaiser. I don't know what to think anymore. But you know, I think a lot of guys don't want, didn't want to come here because think about it. it. You know, if they have a bad year, is Bowles gone? I mean, if they what if what if they have another five and eleven year? Is he is he going to clean house? Woody Johnson going to clean house? Well. Other family members are handling this because he is now going to be the ambassador to England. I guess we'll see what happens, right? I don't know. And the Mets side, Sandy Alderson said Michael Conforto could start the year in the minors, but still considers him a long-term asset. And I was thinking, wow, I wonder how Conforto feels about this. And we haven't, you know, really, we're getting into spring training first, you know, like pitchers and catchers report any day now. I think it's time to relax, take it down a notch. What do you think? And Conforto asked, I, I don't think I'd be happy with that. I'm like, no, no, this isn't working for me. Giants, hey, could they go on a, could they go on a run uh, next year? Stability in the front office. You have a coach stability. You have a QB in Eli Manning. And they get OBJ in the right place. This guy could be the limit. And Spags was re-signed with the Giants last this past year. Second best scoring D. My buddy Harris loves him. I think it's good. Let's keep the same guys together and get that bad taste of that Packers game out of their mouths and fast. 
And the Yanks, you know, this year, new third baseman, they just brought in Chris Carter. Greg Bird, we don't know, had missed all last year with the shoulder injury. But at last year, they had the lowest slugging percentage in the majors from their first baseman, 380, the Yankees did. Chris Carter, career 314 on-base percentage, 751 Ks in over 1,900 at-bats, and not good at the defensive position at all. Not good, not, not good D. Yankees could see him playing first base, DH, first left-handed pitching. Now when a right-hand pitcher starts, he could be a, a guy they could use for South against South Bowl relievers such as Zach Britton with Baltimore and Cleveland's Andrew Miller. Against left, left-handers last, uh, last year in 160 plate appearances, 224, batting average 338 on base and 537 slugging. And he's insurance for Greg Bird, but it does hurt the ve- development of Tyler Austin. And I really think, feel they should stick with the youth. I really feel that's the direction to go. But, hey, I don't yeah, – there was a guy available who had 41 home runs, 94 RBIs last year for the Brewers, tied for the Major League – National League home run leader with Nolan Arenado. I guess, you know, the, it was it was too good to pass up. But I would have liked them to give the youth – keep going in that direction. You got Matt Holliday. He's been taking grounders at first base. Now, Bird only had one home run and 65 at-bats in the Arizona Fall League and did not play at first base. They're thinking maybe send him down to the minors to start the season and get his swing back. I don't know. It's all, it's all. let, let him play a couple games. Now, this is the thing. Yankees, a lot of righty bats. You got Chris Carter now, Matt Holliday, Gary Sanchez, plus Aaron Judge. You got Carter, who strikes out a lot. Aaron Judge, who strikes out a lot. Of, and then you have Greg Bird and Didi Gregorius are the best lefty power threats. Want a little bit of a, a mixture right there. You know what? We got a lot of time to figure this out. But it's good. Start off, give a little taste to everybody of what's going on right now. And how about this? Baylor, Big 12 decided to hold 25% of Baylor's share of revenue in escrow until a review determines it has instituted reforms. Now, they just brought in the guy from Temple. And I'm thinking... Mr. Rule's going, hey, you know what? I came here. I thought this was a good place for me to come. And then, pewsh, all this happens. And all this going down. And maybe the Big 12's thinking, you know what? We need to go in a different direction. Now, are they going to kick out? Are they going to kick out Baylor? I don't think so. But they're putting them on notice, right? They're saying, hey, you know. This isn't working. This isn't going to fly. I mean, it's. I mean, all the stuff that went down and our bryles and keeping stuff from the police and everything and all the sexual assaults on campus. I'll tell you, for a very for a good uh, Christian school, Catholic school. I'm Jewish. I'm sorry. That stuff's always confusing to me. Known as you know having high moral standards. A lot of stuff going on in that campus that's not good, and that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking, here's a guy, comes from Temple, takes the job at Baylor, step up, and did he do his due diligence on that front and say, you know, maybe this was not the best situation to come into. But he thought, hey, you know what? Maybe he didn't think it was bad or maybe he got bad information because, wow. I mean, Paul Feinbaum, ESPN, SEC, big SEC guy, said, he said it's a bad sign for Baylor. He thinks the school's in trouble. I think they're in big trouble. Yeah, I agree. I. That's ugly. That's some ugly stuff right there, folks. 
and and look, look, the Falcons. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting into football right now, but the Falcons. I mean, you still think about that Super Bowl, 44 net yards in the last four drives, but they have youth on their side. Freeman's 24; he's going to get a new deal. They said Coleman, the other running back, is 23. He got Sanu and Jones 27. Taylor Gabriel, the other wide receiver, 25. The tight end who had a great Super Bowl week of practices, Austin Hooper, who caught a touchdown pass. He's only 22. Then you have defense, cornerbacks. The oldest guys are Desmond Trufant at 26 and Rashid Hageman. And then you got Ricardo Allen, 25, who said he's taking two days off. And he goes, obviously, I didn't do enough training because we died in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, that's a thing, man. A lot of, I mean, these guys, I think they want to come back strong. You've got freaking Ken O'Neill's 21. I mean, every guy here that I, is between 21 and 27. I'm, that's a thing. I mean, right? I mean, pretty, pretty amazing. And the last losing team to make it to, back to Super Bowl were the 1991 through 93 Bills, who went 0 4, might I add. Last 25 years, 10 Super Bowl losers have missed the playoffs the next year. I guess we'll see what happens. And this sucks. Mike Adamley, you know, he was a co-host on American Gladiators, did a lot of national, did football. I always loved his voice. He actually played for the Jets as a running back two years out of Northwestern, 73-74. Said he has dementia, and he's, he's, he's speculating. He thinks he has CTE, can no longer work or drive, 67 years old. It sucks, man. It just sucks. And I and this list is going to get bigger and bigger, folks. Now, this is something interesting. This is something interesting. Justin Tuck tweeted, I would rather not make the Super Bowl than to lose like that. I can't even imagine what Atlanta is feeling right now, says a man who has two Super Bowl rings. I mean, I, I just think that's that's insanity. I, 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 I think everybody would, would want a chance to play in the Super Bowl, even if you lose the last second. Scott Norwood, do you think any of the Bills were like, oh, I'd rather not have been here than lose like that? No, no. I still want to be in the Super Bowl. And you got two rings. It's a little hard for me to take you seriously on that front. Sorry, Mr. Tuck. I really want to believe you, but... Now, Antonio Brown, has he grown up a little bit? He says, I have some growing up to do in light of the Facebook Live incident, but he vows to rebuild trust. Now, talk is cheap. Bullshit runs the marathon, you know. Something, what I, you know, I saw that in New Jack City. I love that. Nino Brown, one of my favorite characters. And I read that Todd McShay says... Deshaun Watson could be a good fit for Kyle Shanahan and Niners and the new Niners offense. We shall see. A lot of time left until we have to worry about that kind of stuff. And Saturday night we have Kevin Durant going back to OKC to play Westbrook, who they're not talking anymore. But Katie says it's a fake drama with Westbrook. He said it's it's not going to be the friendliest welcome. You think? And I thought this was funny. Michael Jordan... He was in a meeting with other owners, and he said to the Golden State co-owner, Joe LaCobe, co-owner of the Warriors, he said, he said, Warriors didn't close, which means the record doesn't mean shit. I tend to agree. I tend to agree on that front. Yeah, I actually found a, a funny story on MJ. I, I loved it. I just love that he ripped it. He doesn't mean shit. I just think that's great. I, I just think. Now, this is the thing. During the 96 playoffs, Chicago guard Ron Harper made t-shirts that read 72 and 10 don't meet a thing without the ring. 
They adopted the Bulls adopted the motto and made you know hey they ended up beating Seattle four two in the in the finals. I like that. You don't mean shit if you don't. <laughs> Which means yeah, if you don't close the deal, and I felt that way too. I felt like seventy three is not going to be diddly if you don't. Comp- and Jordan's just a badass man. And what are you going to say? Guy won six six finals, six rings, six and zero. Oh. It's like you know, I mean, hey. Brady won five, but Bradshaw's 4-0 in Super Bowls, and so is Montana. I mean, well, Montana is the – Montana was 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Hey, not taking anything from Brady, but Montana was – Montana's a rarefied air, man. I know I know you five rings are more than four, but those – hey, you only had four opportunities to get there. Mr. Brady had seven. Giants, though, 2-0 against them. My buddy Harris says that every day. He loves it. Loves it. And last night, how about this? Bama beat South Carolina in South Carolina. 90-86 in four overtimes. 90-86 in four OTs. And South Carolina's Sindarius Thornwell, 44 points, 21 rebounds. And he broke an SEC record of Pete Maravich with 33 free throw attempts. He made 25. Bama improved to 14-9, 7-4 in the SEC. South Carolina fell to 19-5. Nine and two. Now UConn won their ninetieth in a row last night over Cincinnati to improve to twenty three and zero. But it was a 36, 36 straight road win, largest. Lo- I'm sorry, longest in D one history. Broke the record by Kansas men set in nineteen twenty four through nineteen twenty eight. Thirty six in a row, man. And Central Michigan Mar- Marcus Keene. He had his fifth 40-point game this season, most in the last 10 seasons, more than Stephon Curry, more than Jimmer Fredette. I mean, give him a shot, man. I'd like to see this guy play every day in the with the big boys next year in the NBA. Well, this guy's going to be playing in the NBA one day. LaMelo Ball, he's the younger brother of UCLA frost star Lonzo Ball, 92 points last night, 41 in the fourth. He helped Chino Hills beat Los Osos, 146-123, 41 in the fourth last night, 29 in the first half. He goes 37 for 61 from the field, 7 for 22 from three, 11 of 14 free throws. Also seven assists, five rebounds. Now, his brother Lonzo is projected to be a top five pick in the 2017 draft. He has a brother, Leangelo, who didn't play in the game because he had an ankle injury. And Chino Hills had won 60 straight before losing to Oak Hill Academy in their last game. And LaMelo had 36 in that point. And his brother tweeted Lonzo at UCLA. Well, that's one way to bounce back from bounce back after a loss. I see you, little bro. And, and he said the teammates were saying, keep shooting. I watched it. You know, they said he's 6'2". He looked tiny on the court. And I think the dad said all three kids are going to go in, one through, uh, go be one and done kids. And I also heard the dad saying about Lonzo saying that you know someone to take over the mantle from Jordan. I was like, hey, why don't you first get there before we? But hey, I mean, the f- 92, 41 in the fourth. It was a close game. They only weighed twenty. Crazy, right? And Dodgers owners are interested in selling small shares of the team. Franchise value was estimated at $2.5 billion in 2016. I guess they need some money, huh? Brian Wilson, remember crazy Brian Wilson, ex-Major League Baseball you know, closer? He's beardless now. Wants to come back as a knuckleball pitcher. He goes, I may be 34, but I'm 26 biologically. 
Has a pitch of 2014, went 2 and 4, 4.66 ERA. 61 games for Dodgers. Released him in 2015, and they owed him 9.5 million. Hey, come back, you know. I say go for it. Now, I thought this was kind of interesting. Major League Baseball is going to test a new rule in rookie ball. It's going to be in the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona League in 2017. They're going to put a runner on second base to start an inning in the extra innings. This is per Yahoo. So to start the inning in the extra innings, they're going to put a player at second base. I said, why not third? This has actually been used in international baseball and will be used in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. Maybe they're just trying to speed up the games. But still... I wonder how people feel about that. I didn't ask Frank Woody. I, I would love to get a poll of that because I don't think I'd be very, I I don't like that at all. I just feel it's it's kind of cheating. <laughs> Put a guy at second base. I know we're trying to speed up the games, you know, but that's not how I want to speed up the game. You get a guy second without doing anything? That perplexes me. Now, Stipe Miocic, the UFC heavyweight champ, is going to defend his title against Junior Dos Santos at UFC 211, May 13th, in Dallas at the American Airlines Arena. Miocic, he's 16-2. Dos Santos is 18-4. He actually lost to Dos Santos in a five-round decision in December 2014 in Phoenix in a close fight. But then Miocic won his next four. Last fight, he knocked out Alistair Overeem at UFC 203. Dos Santos last April beat Ben Rothwell in a five-round decision. Now, also on the undercard, it hasn't been approved yet, but that's what they're shooting for. Fabricio Verdum, 21 wins, six losses, and a draw is going to go against Ben Rothwell, who lost to Dos Santos. He's 36-10. and 10. We shall see. We shall see. Now, I thought I had... Did I have something else I wanted to talk about today? Knicks lose. Nets lose. Baseball's hopefully around the... Is going to be around the corner. We have draft games. Charles Oakley getting into fights. Not good. Hey, Raptors lost. I, I feel like they've been inconsistent in every game. They've lost to the T-Wolves. Wiggins had 31. Carl Anthony Towns, who's a beast, had 29 points, 14 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan at 30 points. Wow. Crazy. All right. Now, last last podcast, we had trivia questions. All right. Most sacks for a season by the NFL team. The Bears had 72 in 1984. Nice trivia question. Fewest sacks by the NFL team for an entire season. Fewest sacks by the NFL team for an entire season. All right, hopefully the Knicks and Nets can turn things around. I am out of here. Have a good night. I'll talk to you soon.